Fantastic. Well, hey, we're going to have a great night tonight. And um, I'm really excited about what we're going to do tonight. Um, I believe God's going to change lives forever in this room. And He's got something powerful for your life. Um, and I just want to encourage you to open up and receive what God has for you tonight. Don't allow a distraction. Hey, put your mobile phone on flight mode. Do it right now. It'll change your life. Um, the most valuable commodity in the world today is your attention. A lot of people can't pay attention, but you've got to pay it because it, it pays you back. But um, before, before we get in the Word of God, I just want to take one moment and honor your amazing pastors, Pastors John and Danielle. Can we, can we show appreciation for them? And this, a, and this is a great church. Isn't it amazing what God is doing? And, uh, you know, just, just a privilege. I've been in churches all around the world, and there is a great spirit in this house. Uh, my wife texted me this afternoon and said, what's it like? What's it like in the church? And I said, it's just like ours. Uh, you know, and I'm in that in a positive way. Uh, <laughs> you always, you always, I mean, look, if you don't believe your church is the greatest church in the world, you shouldn't go to it. You should find one that you like. But uh, I love this church. I love the spirit of it. And everybody that I've met has just been so friendly and so warm and so hungry for God. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think that's what we need more than anything, isn't it? Just a passion and a hunger for Jesus because He is the answer. And uh, it is a great privilege to be here, great privilege to be with you guys and uh, be a part of this uh, weekend. And I am expecting God's going to do something great. As John said, my wife of just about 22 years. Uh, my brother down here is 24 and a half. He's coming up to 25. He's very excited about it. He's going to start school when he turns five. I'm four and a half. I'm going to turn five soon. Uh, you know, but we've been married almost 22 years. I have three children. My uh, eldest daughter just turned 20 last week. And my youngest is 12 going on 18. And uh, praise God for them. But it is awesome to be here. And I want to share a message tonight called Real Peace for Real Pain. And it's a message that comes to you from my own personal journey as I've walked through life. And it comes to you tonight because as a pastor and as a leader and as a church family in New Zealand, we've been noticing some trends in society and looking at the way that young people, even in the church, are really struggling with their mental health, really struggling with gaining peace in life and the challenges and the stresses of life. And I think in a lot of ways, the constancy of the imaging, the bombardment that's coming at us in our modern world is causing a lot of people to struggle with their health and the mental health and, with, and just with the way they're seeing the world and understanding what God has for them. So uh, I felt like God spoke to me to write this message. I wrote it to speak it once. I was only ever going to speak it once. The moment I walked off the pulpit from preaching it, it was the funniest thing. I preached it in our Wellington location to all of our uh, campuses through the country. I walked off the stage to the front row and Pastor Jillian turned to me and said, hey, you're going to see through Kiwana Waters later this year. And I said, aren't you? And I said, yes. And she says, you need to preach that on the Sunday night there. I was like, okay, I wasn't ever going to preach that again, but uh, I'll obey the word of God and uh, I'm going to preach it tonight. So tonight it's called Real Peace for Real Pain. And uh, if, you, if you're ready, then just say amen. Um, you know, I think the one thing that we need in life that most people are longing for is peace. To have consistent peace both in our hearts and in our minds, a peace that can conquer our concerns. It's, it's peace that calms the storm. We sang about it tonight. It's, it's peace that leads us. And yet so many people don't know how to take hold of peace. And how do we keep it? How do we keep beyond the noise? We're going to be reading tonight from Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 6 to verse number 9. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything for the next 10 days particularly and next Friday night all night. Pray about everything. 
Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then, very big word, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear, now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, right and pure, lovely and admirable. Think about things which are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me and everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. It says, starts off and he starts talking about the peace of God and he ends saying that the God of peace. In other words, real peace comes from our God. He has real peace for real pain. Uh, September the 10th, 1994. I have a thing for dates if you're here this morning. September the 10th, 1994. I was at the home of one of my best friends. His name was Tim and we've been close friends throughout our entire lives. We'd gone to school together. I had just turned 20 and uh, having gone through school, we'd left school. We were part of the same church. We both rode motorcycles. We went snowboarding together. We just had a lot of time. It was one, one of my best friends, if not my best friend. His parents had this amazing home in the outskirts. We're living in Auckland those days and Auckland surrounded by rangers called the Waitakere Rangers and they, their home was just amazing. It was in the native bush. It had a spa, had a pool, had had a sauna. I mean, we were living the dream and we pretty much were there every single moment that we could be. And that night, a bunch of us were inside. It was a cold, rainy night that normally never happens in New Zealand. But uh, for this for this particular night, it was cold and raining and, and we were inside a bunch of us playing mafia and a bunch of guys were out in the spa and in the sauna and suddenly the door flew open to outside and terrified voices began to shout that Tim had collapsed. In those days, I was very involved in surf lifesaving. I, I know you can tell I'm an athlete just by looking at me. And I was very involved in surf lifesaving and had trained extensively in first aid through that. So I was the first out the door to see what was going on. And to cut a long story short, that night I would administer CPR to my best mate until the ambulance arrived, at which stage they would take over. But Tim would never come back and was pronounced dead that night. Um, and that forget, began for me a journey that I can only describe as a journey of darkness. Um, it was like somebody turned off all the colors in life and there was only black and white and mainly it was black. Uh, I lived for two years without feeling any sense of peace or really for two years without feeling any real positive emotion. Every waking moment that I wasn't consumed with something that demanded my attention would be spent rerunning the events of the night trying to figure out what I could have done better in order to save my friend's life. And if you were to shorten it down to a short sentence, it would be this, that I blame myself trying to find what I could have done better, how I could have done more that would have saved him. And it would be the last thing that I thought about as I would fall asleep. It would be my first waking thought. I did anything that I could do to keep myself busy, that I would never be alone with my thoughts. And that period of time, is filled with regrets and things that I wish I could turn back, just struggling to stay with noise in my head to quiet the pain that I was trying to run from. And in the middle of that, I was, I was still involved with church life and still around, I suppose, the things of God. And Tim's dad, who was an amazing man, still is, he, he shared with me a scripture that God had given him. And uh, the scripture came from John chapter 12, and verse 24, and it says these words, Truly I say to you, 
unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And it was a scripture he felt God had given him about Tim and what God was going to do through this situation of his death. And But if I'm honest tonight, nothing in all my life has ever made me feel more angry than that scripture did at that moment. Um, I was so angry because I was living in this constant sense of guilt and shame and trying to run. And yet now someone was sharing a scripture that God had given and I felt like God was really just rubbing salt in my wound and was really out to get me. And I've never felt quite so angry as I did when he began to share that. And I felt so alone because I didn't feel like I could talk to anybody, didn't feel like there was a way forward, didn't feel like I had an opportunity to share what was really going on the inside of my life. And I believe tonight there are people in this room and there are things going on in your world that nobody knows about. And you're living in darkness and potentially on the inside, you're hiding things that you feel like nobody would ever be able to understand. But my friend, you need to know that there are people who care and people who will love you through anything in life. And I'm telling my story tonight in the hope that God will work in your life and that one day you also will be able to share a story of how God has worked in your life to bring you out of that place and into a place of His blessing and of His peace in Jesus' name. I believe with all my heart for every, I mean, we're talking tonight about men who are struggling with issues. Listen, there is nothing that's come your way, young man, older man, sir, there is nothing that is in your life that somebody else hasn't faced and that hasn't, that someone else doesn't have wisdom that's going to help you to get through it. The Bible says there is no temptation that comes our way that is not common to people, but God will help us find a way out. And I want to encourage you tonight to share what you're walking through because the first step is having somebody who will walk through it in your world, in Jesus' name. And I don't know your situation. I don't know your pain, but I know mine. And I know that if I can get through it, so can you. And you can get through it, not just get through it, but you can know peace, God's peace, which exceeds, the Bible says, anything we can understand. And for me, it took me two years. I was two years by myself, two years locked up in a dark room on the inside of my life. And then one night, I began to share what was going on in my life with the woman who would become my wife and began to share with her what was going on. And and as I began to talk with her and began to give an insight into my soul and the pain that I was feeling for the first time. And that moment, that night for me marked a turning point as I began to unlock what was going on on the inside. And it gives you tremendous power when you can put words to the way that you feel. It begins to diminish the power of those emotions. The longer you keep them inside, the more powerful they become. The moment you speak them out, it's amazing how God is able to work with that and begin a journey towards healing. And so that night I began a journey towards healing. And tonight there are people in this room that are going to begin that same journey towards healing in your life as well. Uh, A little while later, I was sitting in a Bible college class. I remember I was a young man sitting in Bible college class and our lecturer, we were studying the book of Psalms. Um, If I'll be honest, I thought it was going to be a really boring class. Uh, We walked in and he began to share about the book of Psalms and the thing that he was really teaching us about was the life of David. And he began to show us how in Psalms, David, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but so many of the Psalms, they start off really negative like really bad like Psalm 40 I waited patiently for the Lord and but I was in the mud and the mire and the clay and I was in a pit 
And it's like, no, you weren't David. You were never thrown in a pit. But he says he was. He was obviously speaking about on the inside. And, and he's talking about all these things. And, and, and then so many of the Psalms start off so negative. But by the end, David would be in this great place and he was praising God. And the theme of the Psalms in so many ways is the journey of David keeping his heart and his mind in the right place while he has been unjustly treated by the jealous king, King Saul. And it must have felt for David so unfair, mustn't it? So, so un- unfair, so un- overwhelming, so lonely. I mean, here he is. He's literally forced to run and leave behind his wife, his friends. I mean, his best friend's dad is the guy who's trying to kill him. He was left alone in the desert, having to move all through the night, all the time, alone out there, and forced to live on the run, really only because the king had lost his mind. No fault of David's, no fault that he had had. And yet he was, he was in this place and he starts writing all these Psalms to God, talking about all the challenges and what's going on in the inside of his life and how unfair life is and how bad it is. But by the end of it, he ends up in this amazingly positive place, declaring how great God is and and how He's going to bring him out of this thing. And he began to teach us about what brought David on that journey that we see in chapters of the Psalms was actually his ability to express his heart to God. So I began to read and study the Psalms. And in the Psalms, I found that the words there express our deepest and our strongest emotions. Uh, every emotion in our hearts is reflected in Psalms. When, when you read the Psalms, it's going to turn sadness into singing. It turns, it turns for me, it, it turns trouble into triumph. And, and it makes sense. You know, the word Psalm, in, in Psalms, it has 189 times in the book of Psalms that it says the word praise and there's only 150 chapters. There's literally more than once every chapter is talking about how I'm going to praise God. But for me, there is no other book in the world or even in the Bible that really captures my heart like the one of the Psalms. The thought, I love the thought that thousands of years ago, God brought together all these emotions and put them in one place with words to describe them and then gave them to us in a book that was going to give us the ability to connect with that and begin to release our emotion. I don't know if there are other young men out there who like me as a young man, I really struggled to talk about my feelings, to talk about my emotions. I was brought up, I imagine Australia is pretty similar. You don't talk about your emotions. I grew up in the west of Auckland. It's like, you know, we didn't talk about our emotions. We just talked about rugby and that was it, you know. And and we're just like, to, for me to begin to express that was one of the hardest journeys of my life, but one of the most powerful things I've ever done. Psalms will help you, my friend, if that's you. And, and the lecturer began to show us places. We got in this, places in the Psalms where David described in a graphic way the anger and the violence and the pain that was in his heart that he obviously felt towards people and situations and how God would begin to work in his life because David had expressed these very dark emotions. I mean, if you read through the Psalms, you are going to read things in there and you're going to think to yourself, I did. You're going to read them and you're going to think, that's terrible. You can't say that. And yet it's in the Bible. It's legit. It's in the Bible. You're like, whoa, 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 calm down here. Wait a minute. I want to go to the message. This is not nice, you know. But it's actually in there and it's in there for a reason. And the re- lecturer use this phrase and it stuck with me my whole life and I don't really like the phrase but it's a powerful phrase because it changed my life forever as he was reading this and reading out some of these things he said hey listen God can handle the raw effluent of your emotions and I'll never forget that because I'd always tried to pretty up my prayers 
I'm trying to tell God how great He is instead of telling God the, the crap that's in my life. I hope you can say that word in Australia. It's fine in New Zealand and it's a Greek word anyway. It comes from kraptos. Um, you're going to find that in Strong's Concordance if you look hard enough. But it was that day and that revelation that really began a journey in my life with Jesus towards having peace in my heart. It's a peace that passes understanding. Because I realized that God could take what was happening in my life and He could handle it. And not only could He handle me talking about it, the moment that I began to tell God what I was facing and begin to share with God what I was feeling, it was like God was able to take that emotion and take that feeling and take those things that I was judging myself with and He could replace my negative emotions with peace. And when He did that, what began to happen in my heart is that praise began to be the result of that transaction. And that's why I read that verse in Philippians tonight because that's not just a verse for me. That verse is my life because as I've journeyed through life, I have found that in every and any situation that I've walked through, if I can find how I am and begin to share with God what I'm walking through, share with God what it is that I need, share with God what challenges I foresee, share with God how I'm feeling in this situation, that God is able to take my prayer and replace it with peace, that peace that passes my understanding. I can't control everything in life. I can't make everything the way that I want it to be, but I serve a God who is above all else, a God who holds me in the palm of His hand and a God who is able to turn it all around for good in my life in Jesus' name. And God has never failed me yet to take that emotion and replace it with peace. And so what I began to do, uh, if you're taking notes, write these things down because I, I went on a journey. I started writing down every time something came to me. And as I was journeying, particularly through this very dark season of life, I began to write down four questions that I would answer each day. And this was really the beginning of me connecting with God for myself. I began to write down, number one, how do I feel? How do I feel? That was the biggest step for me, just to be able to put down on paper how I felt. Very hard, but so empowering being able to do that. Number two, why do I feel like that? Why? How then why? How do I feel? Why do I feel like that? Number three, what would God say about that? Because the entrance of His Word brings light. And when God speaks in any situation, it changes always. Where There is no gap between God's Word and God's action. When God says something, God does it. And so it's powerful when you release that into your life. And then I would write down a prayer. And, and at the beginning, I couldn't even pray the prayer out loud. I wouldn't be able to say it with my lips. I'd just have to write it down. And now I'm able to pray it. Praise God. I have been for a number of years. But at the start, it was just writing down, God, God would love me. Help me feel your love, God. But what happened is that God met me in my pain and He gave me real peace for real pain. He gave me real peace for real pain. Just, just for a moment, I, there are people in this room that don't have your own relationship with Jesus. And you need to know, my friend, tonight that God is here and God loves you. And no matter what you have done and no matter what's been done to you, God is greater than those things. And if you will open up your life to the reality of God, tonight He will meet you where you are. He will save you from your sin and He will save you from the sense of isolation that we all walk through and journey through in life because connection with God is the greatest step in any life to know the peace of God that comes in as He enters your life. Jesus is the only God who offers you peace in your life in Jesus' name. But here's what I found as I've gotten older and older and older. 
Uh, I've, bought, I've bought and sold houses. I've had children. I've had those children grow up as a family. I've been involved in pastoral ministry now for over 15 years. And I've found that adversary and stresses, they come in many forms. Sometimes they're life-shaking. I walked through one of those, the loss of a loved one. You can face redundancy. You can face financial ruin. You can have a marital breakdown. You can walk through serious sicknesses in life. Those can be life-changing events. But more often, what I've found is that they occur in everyday problems. You know, work pressure that just mounts and mounts and mounts. Uh, juggling of multiple responsibility. Family family stresses. Exam problems. You know, exams just coming up. Financial difficulties. Conflict with your marriage. Conflict with other people and other environments. Sick kids. Sleep disruption. I know in New Zealand, I don't know what it's like here, but in New Zealand, a lot of people just struggle with the long, dark months of winter, just struggling with the constancy of darkness. But tonight, you know, I don't know what your challenges are, but you know exactly what they are. But I found peace in the middle of a truly tragic situation. But the truth that I discovered in that from what I walked through has given me the ability to walk through other difficult situations and know peace in my life throughout all of those situations. Uh, I mean, I remember when my wife and I, we moved to Christchurch to start the Arise Campus there. We bought a, ho- bought a home, uh, sold a home in Auckland, bought a house in Christchurch, took our children and moved them. We didn't know a soul in Christchurch. I literally knew seven or eight people when I arrived there. Starting a church is a massive step of faith. We were, we're not even on the same island. We feel well friends and family who we'd loved and known for years and years and years. We put our children into new schools. They knew nobody, taking this big step of faith. And yet in the middle of that, I knew total peace in Jesus' name. I shared this morning about when we had the earthquakes in Christchurch. And there was a moment in the major earthquake when I was holding my son on the ground and our house was falling apart all around of us. And I thought to myself, this might be the moment that I die. And in the middle of that moment, I knew tremendous peace on the inside of my life because I felt like God just supernaturally gave me that peace because I knew that beyond the grave, I know exactly where I'm going and I'm good with that in Jesus' name. I don't know everything. I don't have control over most things. Yet I have a peace that is above all of it. A peace that is above every storm. A peace that is able to guard my heart and guard my mind in Jesus all through my life. And tonight, you need to know the same God who gives me peace offers it to you as well. Jesus said this in John chapter 14 and verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My perfect peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your heart be troubled nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. Listen, my friend, adversity and stresses come in many forms, but peace comes to us in the person of Jesus. He is our peace. And we can know Him and we can know His peace in our lives. Ephesians 2.14 says, For Christ Himself has brought peace to us. And as I began to come out of that dark season and I began to live with peace in my heart, I was at that stage in my life, I was working as an electrician and uh, I used to drive around in a little work van. It was a, it was a little Daihatsu van. Do you have Daihatsu in, in Australia? A little Daihatsu van. It had 1,000cc motor in it. Only had three cylinders. They literally stole it out of a motorbike and put it in the van. You had to pray to get up every hill. I'm telling you right now, it's demon possessed that van. And, and I was driving that van one day and I was praying about what was going on. I was praying and God was just doing a great work in my life. And God dropped a scripture in my heart. 
And this scripture, it was kind of random at the time, but for me, I just knew it was something that God had given me. I didn't know the whole thing uh, at the time. I got the whole passage for you tonight, but at that moment, it was just the last part that I'd known from a little kid growing up in Sunday school. God dropped it in my heart. In Isaiah 61 and verse 3, it says, To all who mourn in Israel, which was me, by the way. I was mourning. My, my best friend had died. Hello. To those who mourn, He will give a crown of beauty for ashes. A joyous blessing instead of mourning. Festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for His own glory. You're going to remember that scripture tonight because it's going to come back to you. But God spoke to me from the scripture and He said, Hey, if you give me all of your stuff, then I will replace it with all of my stuff. And your stuff is bad, but my stuff is good. He said to me, I want you to start to praise whenever you feel that spirit of heaviness come on your life. And what I felt was that God spoke into my life and He said, if you begin to learn how to live this principle in your own life, then I'm going to cause, He was going to cause me to become someone who would help other people to overcome their challenges. And just like my Bible college lecturer had spoken truth into my life and it radically transformed my life, He said, hey, you're going to become like that as well. You're going to help other people break free of this in their own lives. And then He said the weirdest thing, He said, you're going to grow and become like that tree is prophesied in Isaiah. And I just remember thinking, I'm going to be like a tree? What am I going to you know, time to leave, leaf, uh, you know, like, am I going to go green, you know, uh, I don't know, but then it was just, a, it was just a real thing, and so I just got this thing in my life, just tell God what you need, and thank Him for what He has done, then you will experience God's peace, we read it at the start, tell God what you need, thank Him for what He has done, and then you will experience God's peace, His real peace for real pain, well, many years later, Annie and I became the youth and young adults pastors of the church that we were a part of back then. And I was asked to be the celebrant at my first ever wedding that I was a celebrant at. Now, if you've never done it, it's quite a, it's quite a big deal. I mean, you know, it's, it, you get really nervous doing weddings. I still get nervous doing weddings because everybody who's ever been to a wedding has seen the celebrant say the names wrong of the people, you know. There's nothing wrong, nothing worse. I was at a guy, my, my pastor was doing a wedding just before I did my first wedding. And the bride and groom getting married, and the bride, the groom's brother had got married earlier the same year, and he said the names from the other wedding to these two standing in front of him, and we were all like, "No, you know, it's awesome." But uh, you know, I was terrified that I was going to muck it up. But at the same time, I was so excited because I was doing my first ever wedding, and uh, I was so pumped up. We did this wedding; it was great. We did it on the beach, and you know, it was a beautiful day. We're out there, did this wedding. I didn't get anything wrong. Praise God! And, and then they all went away, and then they, the bride and groom, after they'd been away on their honeymoon, they came back, and then we had them over for dinner, and and they were they were just you know, we're just hanging out and celebrating this great occasion. And they gave us this picture as a gift to say thank you for what we'd done. And uh, if you if you come to my house, you're going to see this picture on the wall. And from the moment she gave it to us to today, it's always been on the wall of our house. You can throw it up on the screen, guys. And uh, that's it there. And maybe it doesn't look like much to you. I don't know. But I'm going to explain it to you. This, this photo, the girl, um, she was studying photography at a tertiary level, right? That was what she was doing when she got married. And her grandfather had taken this photo in Africa before they immigrated to New Zealand. And 
and never had it developed. It had just been left on the film. Now, if you're here this morning, you heard my family story that my family immigrated from Africa to New Zealand as well. So Africa just has a special place in our hearts. Been there many times. I love the place. And the girl was studying photography, found these old films of her, fa- of her grandfather and began to get them developed, found this old roll and framed this photo and gave it to us. And it's a picture of a tree. You're standing in the middle of nowhere. And to me, as she gave it to us, I saw it. And the first thought of my head was, that's that tree that God was talking about that I could become. Just a tree standing strong in the midst of just a plain, nothing else around. But it's a tree there and it's just planted for God's glory. But here's the thing you can't see tonight is that at the very bottom of the picture, right down the very bottom in the dark, there's the little words there. And at the words, it just, sees, it just says this, unless the seed dies. And I'll never forget seeing that. And see, so it just says, unless the seed dies. And the moment I saw that, I went back to my friend's dad, who had shared with me that scripture. You remember it, John 12, verse 24, unless a seed dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And I saw that. And bear, bear in mind tonight, this girl had never met him, didn't know the story, had no idea of any of that gear, had joined our church. Um, she had moved to Auckland post his death, had no idea about any of that stuff. And she saw, she gave us this photo with that reference. And suddenly I realized that throughout all that time and all that pain, God was with me. And he was holding me in the palm of his hand. And the scripture that I'd hated the most has become the one that I love the most. And when I thought I was all alone, and when I thought that no one cared, God was with me. And you need to know tonight that He is with you too. See, Jesus takes our sin and He gives us righteousness. He takes our pain and He gives us peace. But you need to know tonight, you will never be alone. You will never walk alone. There is Your Father in heaven loves you. He is always with you, the Bible says. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will not leave you to the negative emotions of this world. He will not leave you just to, just to happenstance and circumstances and the things of this life. But God is always with you and He is always working on your behalf. He is working to turn around for good. And listen, God doesn't make bad things happen in your life, but God is able to turn all things together for good for those who love Him and accord according to His purpose. And every negative thing that happens in life, when we take it to God and we offer it as a prayer. God is able to turn it around like a seed. Unlike any other seed, when we sow negative emotions and troubles and trials and and situations in our life that seem bigger than what we can ever understand or ever comprehend, God is able to take that negative seed and turn it into positive fruit in our lives. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for what He has done. And then His peace will transcend everything we can ever understand. My friend, worry, fear, anxiety, thoughts of anger that are sown in prayer. They bring a harvest of peace and praise in our hearts. My friend, I have come to realize that it's not just that I have the peace of God, it is that I serve the God of peace in my life. And He has real peace 
for real pain. There are people in this room tonight and you are walking through real things. You are walking through pain. You're walking through challenge. You have emotions that come. You have moments when you lie in your bed and your mind begins to spin and you can't think and you get caught in cycles of ever-decreasing circles as you begin to wonder about who you are. There are people here who think about the way that you look. You think about the person that you are and there is a despising that can come in your soul. And I'm here tonight to tell you that Jesus wants to set you free. He wants to cause your life to be lived with a sense of celebration of the great things that God has placed in your life. And tonight, I'm here to tell you that you'll never be alone. God is with you and He is here to change your life forever in Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe that, why don't you give God one great shout of praise in this place tonight. God is your refuge. God is your strength. He is an ever-present help in times of trouble. If you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Give all your worries and cares to Him, for He cares about you. There are other people here, listen, you're just, you're just walking through life, but it's feeling like it's overwhelming. You're stressed out by exams and pressures at school. You've you got stuff going on in your uni, and you've got too many moving parts in your business. You're maybe frustrated in your career. You need guidance for your future. You don't know where to go. You're unable to sleep due to un- ever-increasing pressure. Listen, my friend, tell God what you need and thank Him for what He has done. Then you will experience His peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. In our lives, as the band joins me on stage tonight, in our lives, we need to learn what it is to begin to express our hearts, emotions, and our challenges to God. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He has done. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He has done. And then you will experience God's peace, His peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. Would you stand with me tonight all over this room? You know, the Bible says in Psalm 4, I'm going to read you a bunch of scriptures tonight, and I'm going to give this to the team afterwards. If you want to get hold of them, those who are responding tonight or others. But Psalm 4 and verse 7 says, You've given me greater joy than those who have an abundant harvest of grain and new wine. In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. There's somebody in this room tonight. God's going to give you sleep. I want you to claim that scripture. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 24 says this, You can go to bed without fear. You can lie down and sleep soundly. You need not be afraid of sudden disaster or the destruction that comes upon the wicked. For the Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 33, All who listen to me live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. Psalm 29 and verse 11, The Lord gives His people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. Psalm 119, verse 65, Those who love your instructions have great peace and do not stumble. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 7, When people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. John chapter 16 verse 33, I've told you all this so you may have peace here on earth. You may have trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Come on all over this room today. I reckon God is doing something fresh in every life. There's peace coming in a new way. Would you reach up your hands, every person? Come on, let's begin to sing this peace. Peace be still. Come on. Hey, well, we're still praying for a bunch of people down the front here. I just feel like, you know, I've been trying to shake it, but I just feel like God's speaking to me about a business person here 
and it's like your mind has been spinning and I've got several friends who own companies and do different things and I know some of the challenges that they walk through and the different things that we pray about and I just feel like there's a business person here and there's stuff going on in your, in your world, in your business world and it's like a whole bunch of things and you've been trying to figure out what to do and I believe in this moment God just wants to give you peace and wherever you are, I don't need to know who you are but I need you to know that God knows who you are and He's coming in your world and grab a hold of the peace of God. And I want to encourage you, sir or ma'am, that when you get home tonight, take all your business plans and lay them out before the Lord and just pray and say, God, this is all that's going on. And you watch, God will not only give you peace, God will give you progress in your situation. And God will give you plans and strategies. And as we heard in the offering tonight, if you give your ways to God, He will cause them to prosper. And it's going to be powerful. I, I just know there's a word for somebody. God's going to do something great in your life. Fantastic. Hey, thanks so much, church. What a great church to preach you. What a great group of people. So appreciate you. And hey, listen, grab hold of the Scriptures. I'm going to give um, Katie, and I'm sure it's anyone who wants to get hold of them. There's a bunch of Scriptures I was reading at the end, a bunch that I didn't get to. But I really do believe if you take hold of this message, get the truth of God's Word in your heart, it'll change your life forever in Jesus' name. Thank you, Pastor John. God bless you.